Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Um, today I'm going to be uh, reviewing a book by myself. Juliana is uh, back home in Berlin, I'm away on a work trip and... Uh, I had a, a long two travel days. I was flying to Madeira, um, which is a, a, an island in the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, it used to have a very short runway, they extended it. But if it still gets too windy, you can't fly there. So we flew from Lisbon all the way to, uh, to the airport and then circled around and the captain came on and says, we've only got enough fuel to circle for 10 minutes and if the wind doesn't clear up, we've got to fly back to Lisbon. So that's what we did. So uh, yeah, I had uh, more time than I thought and more travel because then we stayed in a night in a hotel. Um, so I finished up this book and uh, yeah, let's get to it. The book is Revenger by Alistair Reynolds and it is a book which came out a few years ago, maybe 2016, published September 2000, uh, 2016, yeah, 2016. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is, a, this is a book when it came out, I was uh, sent a, an audible, no, not an audible, I was sent an audiobook version of it from by somebody or something like that. Maybe it was SF of Audio, we're going to talk about it. And, they, and I was sent the uh, audio file, but uh, I, uh, I never got around to listening to it, mostly because um, a lot of the reviews that I read, or a lot of the comments that I read about this book back when it came out was sort of like, oh yeah, it's Alistair Reynolds and it's not very good. It's like a young adult novel, but not a very good young adult novel. And also it's not a very good Alistair Reynolds novel. Um, it's not really uh, not really that good quality. So I was like, ah, okay. So I never really got to it. Um, but then uh, a while ago, I, was, uh, I think I was on a trip and, and I finished my audiobook and uh, and I didn't have uh, internet connection. Actually, I can't remember why I couldn't get another audiobook. Um, but I realized I still had Revenger on my uh, on my phone. Uh, not on my phone, in iTunes or whatever. Anyway, so I loaded it onto my phone and uh, started started out. And I got a bit into it, but then I got distracted and, you know, and... Uh, oh, yeah, that was it. I think I uh, hadn't downloaded all the, the final part of an audiobook was corrupted. So I thought I still had a full audiobook to go, but then didn't manage to finish it off. Um, so anyway, I got to this book and uh, started reading it and then stopped for a bit and then restarted up a week ago when I finished the last book that I was reviewing. And uh, yeah, so my, my expectations of going into this book were sort of like, ah, oh, it's not even really a book that I wanted to read, but it was like the last one. It was the last audio book left that I had on my phone uh, ready to go. So, um, but I uh, but I, I tried it out and I'm glad I did because this book is not as bad as I was expecting. In fact, I think a lot of my um, strong opinions about it, or a lot of my liking of this book or a lot of my, uh, you know, enjoyment of this book came from the fact that it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. So it's a total expectations game. You know, I expected a really bad book and it wasn't a really bad book. It was sort of like an okay average book. And I think that's because if you're an Alistair Reynolds fan or like I am, or if you read a lot of Alistair Reynolds, you realize that normally what he's doing, he's working on a level which I think is much higher than a lot of other um, science fiction writers. Not all, but, you know, if you sort of just randomly read a random Alistair Reynolds book compared to a random science fiction book, I think his level is generally higher than a lot of other people. Or a lot of, like, the, uh, you know, kind of the random level of a new science fiction author or whatever. And uh, and that's the case of this book as well. I mean, even Alistair Reynolds not firing at all cylinders and, uh, you know, not having all the good stuff that you want from an Alistair Reynolds book there is still, for me, uh, pretty good. Like, you know, so as a spoiler for this review, I'm thinking, like, three, three and a half stars. I'm not entirely sure. When I first finished it, I was like, oh, it's really decent. I don't think it's a lot decent, now that I actually thought about it a bit more. Um, 
But I'm thinking like a solid three-star book, which is a book that I would, you know, it's not that I'm going to recommend and say, yeah, go out and buy it now and read it like I would do with a five-star book or I'd be like, yeah, you really should read this book at some point like a four-star book. Um, it's more of a three-star book, which meant like, oh, yeah, if this comes across your, you know, if this comes across your plate, I think it's a slightly better than average book um, from a, a decent author who is, you know, has an interesting-ish story to tell here. So, um one thing I didn't notice when I was, uh, oh, as I've been as I've been reading recently, I realised that some of the uh, some of the books that I've been reading recently. Actually, let me bring up the. I've got a, a list here. What can I do? Uh, 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 what I'm looking for. All episodes. Here we go. So if I actually look at the uh, the, um, the the books that I've uh, read recently, I had the Quantum Magician which is a heist book. And then I read Against a Dark Background by Ian M. Banks, which again is a kind of like a heist caper kind of book as well. And when I went into this book, I was expecting uh, something different from those things. I was expecting like a, um, you know, like a, a, a space pirate book, because that's what I've been told. That's kind of what I picked up, that it's like kind of space pirates. And I wasn't expecting um, caper and heist kind of stuff. And it isn't that. However, it is very, very similar to Ian M. Banks' Against a Dark Background in ways which I wasn't expecting. Um, it's kind of like a very similar setting. In Against the Dark Background, you've got this solar system which is isolated from the rest of the world, uh, sorry, from the rest of the galaxy, or isolated from a different galaxy, um, but it's very, very long-lived, and civilizations have risen and fallen, risen and fallen, risen and fallen, with everybody still kept within this one solar system. And that's exactly the same thing as you get here in, e &M, uh, in, in uh, Alistair Reynolds' Um, Revenger, and you get sort of like robots that used to be around, and they used to be like robot civilizations and things like that. Uh, now most of those robots have died out, but there's still a few robots left, and some of them, you know, some of them are, you know, still have, uh, uh, you know, mental capacities, and some of them are still independent, but others aren't. Um, and this robot companion kind of comes in and helps out the main character in the story. That's in a against a dark background, and that is exactly what you have here in um, Revenger. You also in against a dark background. You've got like lots of uh, precursor technology, like technology that's left over from previous civilizations, previous cycles of civilization, which you get really, really high tech, and then it goes down low tech again, and it goes really high tech, and. Um, interesting weapons. Uh, there's even uh, in in uh, in. Uh, Against a dark background, you have um, what's it called? The funny gun, the clever gun. I can't even remember. I w I should have looked up the uh, should have looked at my notes. Maybe can I just bring up my notes here? Um, you, you've got the uh, let's have a look here. Against a dark background, you've got the lazy gun, is what it's called. And in this book, you also have at some points different technologies and different weapons which they put on and stuff. Like nobody really understands how this weapon works into the same way that it, it kind of plays with its weight and its mass in a in a way that the uh, lazy gun does. And against dark backgrounds so there's that you've got the um you got lots of you know technology and like hunting for goodies and a lot of against a dark background is the people going okay there's this book which is really important we need to track it down and nobody knows where it is and there's these other alien technologies or other technologies that are there we need to track them down because we don't know what's going on again exactly the same thing in revenger um so a lot of the kind of background of cycles of uh cycles of technology cycles of civilization civilization that are there in against a dark background is all also right here in Revenger. Um, so uh, yeah, it's yeah in this in this book it's not called the Lazy Gun. There's one called the Ghosty Gun, which is a similar kind of thing that when you shoot it, you're not quite sure what it's going to do, what effect it's going to have when you when you point this gun at somebody and shoot it. Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of lots of similarities. But this isn't set on planets because it's set in a uh, in a civilization where, as far as I can tell, it's not always very clear what's going on in this book because a lot of the like the the world building is kind of like assumed, and you've got this kind of pirate thing going on. So lots of small islands. There's no one big landmass that they can land on. No one planet. You've got lots of these little planets. So it feels like in the past, the um, there's been uh, lots of. Um, there's been lots of uh, explosions of planets. Maybe the planets have broken up and there's just lots of bits floating around and, uh, and, and lots of uh, small worlds. And some of them have got like um, uh, singularities in their heart. So as you go land on the world at the top, the, the gravity is low. But as you go down into it, the gravity gets uh, stronger and stronger as you go down into one of these little planet orb things. Um, and yeah, so it's it's unclear to me exactly what happened in the past, but because it's never really explicitly stated. Oh, in the past, all of these planets blew blew up, so there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of uh, cohesion to to anything, and lots of people have to sail around. And you've got these sailing vessels where you use the power of the sun, and you've got iron boosters and things. But really, it's kind of like okay, so this is the analog. We've got lots of small small islands and we've got to sail between the small islands discovering treasure and there's different functions on the ship you've got the people who looks after the sails you look after people who look after the systems you've got the navigators and then you've got these um kind of people with psychic kind of abilities some that can can look at something and understand like when the gates are going to open so we can get into this little orb and when it's going to close up again and um, this weird alien tech where only at certain points do these uh, do these um you know these little islands or these little planetesimals open up so you can go in and, and have a look around inside them and it feels very like you know uh, alien tech but really reflecting the um you know, sort of like it's only when, uh, like, when the pirate adventures. It's only when the moon is at this height and like the moonbeam comes down through this thing, then it opens up, and then we can see um, what's really in this treasure chest and you know, all the treasure chests and and different alien technology things that are found within these um, these uh, treasure hordes, uh, hordes of treasure and things. So yeah, very much piratey kind of things, and all the uh, dialogue that they have. It's kind of this fake pirate talk where instead of saying oh we've got air to breathe it's lung stuff and and other you know lots of uh, ahoy me mateys but not really ahoy me mateys it's kind of like science fictiony versions of um pirate talk which i found uh, quite fun even if it got a bit silly at some points when they're saying uh, you know the ghosty gun it's sort of like yes okay we get it that it's very ghosty like and it's very pirates of the caribbean and it's very very much uh, uh whatever, this is the Black Pearl over here, the Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, and you've got the black ship, which, you know, turns up and robs people and, and all of that kind of stuff. So so the, that's, kind of back, uh, that's kind of the setting of it. Precursor technology, lots of islands to sail between in space sailing ships and with gunfights and knife fights. Uh, the idea being that, oh, you can't shoot guns inside a, um, inside a, a spaceship because that's too dangerous. So we have to fight with knives and... Um, crossbows and other kind of piratey kind of things which you wouldn't imagine if you were going to say hey it's set in a world with modern technology and that mismatch of like the people who are in this world don't always understand all of the different technology that's there because a lot of it is alien a lot of it is mystical a lot of it is magical and you've got different aliens that come up and uh, and some of the aliens play different racial stereotypes and then the humans are doing their thing and the robots are doing their thing anyway so the setting I actually really enjoyed um because it you know kind of allows for yeah a pirate adventure in space uh and fine that's fine i guess um the the main characters are two sisters 
Well, one of the main character is a is a single uh, is is one of two sisters, and they go off on an adventure and meet up with a crew and learn some crafts. They have this uh, mental power thing, which means they can connect up with these skulls or these bones. They're bone readers, um, and these alien skulls, which these aliens obviously could talk to each other across long distances without any delay, and that power still resides in the skulls. But only certain people can read the skulls, and as they grow up, um, they lose those abilities and uh, and uh, and then have to just become normal crew members. And I can see the, the overall arc of these stories is that this main character starts off that way and as she loses her ability, well, she gains a ship um, and, uh, and as grows up and she'll, in three books' time, be like a captain of, of one of these ships and sailing around having uh, adventures and overthrowing the, the way the world works and stuff. So the, the thing is that I found interesting in this book is that our main characters are from a long line of rich people, aristocratic kind of people, and um, but their their father has lost all their money and now they are destitute and have to go on this mission to you know find a new life. And again, that's very very much like the main character in Against a Dark Background, who is from a long line of uh, of aristocrats and uh, has lots of money and now no longer has any money for various reasons. And she's got to go off and you know find a find her way in the world and to solve these problems. So even like the setup of the main character, I mean they're not the same character like you know, internally or mentally or even the story, the, the journey that they go on. Um, although in that book, there is sort of like a mental connection. In Against a Dark Background, there is that this mental connection between the different team members. And uh, there's a little bit of that going on between uh, some some of the characters here. But the idea of being, oh, from from privilege, from rich people, but then uh, losing, uh, losing access to money and then having to do it themselves. Again, a commonality between these two books. And... Um, yeah, uh, and they find their own way, and they go on an adventure, and then they come back, and then they go after out, out into space again. Um, I don't really find the motivations of these characters that like like that amazing. And this is the weird thing that they said: oh, it's a it's a young adult book. I heard it's a young adult book, and in some ways, yes, it is very clearly a young adult book because you have I think she's like a seventeen year old girl, and you follow her along, and uh, uh, and you never leave her head. It's all told from her point of view. And uh, and everyone else is really stupid, and she's the she's the one who's really clever, and uh, and the writing isn't that sort of advanced in any way. Um, but then like the Hunger Games, which is sort of like oh you're in the head of a fifteen year old girl or a seventeen year old girl, but then there's like real like really high levels of violence and very graphic violence and ultra violence in this kind of way. Um, that's what you have going on here. So it's definitely playing up the okay this is a book for fifteen year old girls or fifteen year old boys, and uh, and that's fine. But you also need high levels of violence and gore and horror stuff in it too. Uh, and that's very much there. It's sort of like, oh yes, it's a coming-of-age story, growing up, gaining independence, becoming an adult, doing all those different kind of things. And um, yeah, it is a, a young adult kind of book. It is not as well written as a young adult book as a Hunger Games is, which is a book which I totally understand why that combination of young girl becoming an adult, finding a way in life, also <laughs> lots of violence <laughs> layered on top of that in a weird situation. Um, it isn't as good writing, but then I think that was uh, that's written by a woman who was once a 15-year-old girl, and it doesn't feel like this book is written by anybody who was once a 17-year-old girl. Sorry, Alistair Reynolds, but it doesn't quite, doesn't quite hold up... Um, in in that way however i do think it is an interesting story like the reveals are good the characters are i mean not particularly likable but i i 
I understand that, and it starts. I mean, there seems to be it seems to be very much written into the book that oh, the reason this is happening is because of this, and the reason this is happening is because of this. So even though like I don't find the the character that uh, like the development that uh, what am I trying to say like. So she'll be cruel in some ways and then not cruel and then sort of like kind in other ways and I'm like is that a balance being struck between making someone really unlikable or not likable or what is it um, but there are plot reasons why her character changes throughout um, however before that thing happened it, it did feel like someone was very she did feel like someone who had that kind of darkness and nastiness and callousness inside her both of them did at the start um at the start of this, at the start of the book. So as that's brought out more and gaining more strength as it goes as it goes through, I think yeah, there are plot reasons, even though it's not as satisfying as it could be to read it. Um, also, the uh, uh, the different way that she's talking all the time, that she's putting on, she's playing, that she's an experienced pirate at some points, and then not an experienced pirate at other points, and then she's uh, like, oh, you found out, and you're not talking like that anymore. She's like, oh man, I should be talking, I shouldn't be talking my aristocratic way, and you know, she's a pirate, but then she's read all these books, the thousand books, um, or whatever she says she's read in her past. Um, so uh, yeah, I think some of the the character issues that I have, it's sort of like the character issues are there, but then explained it's explained a bit by the plot, but then it's not satisfying to be reading something, even if they're what hanging a lampshade um, on these uh, on these issues as well. Um, what else was I going to say about this book? It is a fun book. That's the thing when I'm when I'm doing a review by myself now and not talking to Juliana. Yeah, I literally have three notes. It's called Revenger, Precursor Tech, Ghosty Gun. That's the only notes that I've that I've put here. Let me have a look at the Goodreads page instead. Oh yes, Captain Rackamore and his crew is their business to find tiny enig enigmatic worlds which have been hidden away, booby traps surrounded by layers of protection to crack them open for ancient relics and barely remembered technology inside. Uh, all right, so here's the thing. I listened to this as an audiobook, and this is one of the worst audiobooks I have ever listened to. Um, and I don't think it's the fault of the book. I really do think it's the uh, the fault of the author. It says here, Alice Reynolds, read by Claire Cornett? Cor no, Claire Corbett. Claire Corbett. Really, really not a very good um, audiobook narrator. Um, for one... Like she, she calls the the, uh, the the name of the main character. I see it here. It's uh, um, Adrana and uh, Führer Ness, Führer. But she says Führer, as in like, as in like the German word for leader. In other words, like the the Führer, which is like Hitler. And it's really weird to have a main character named Führer, which is like, and then not constantly be thinking, oh Hitler. No, not Hitler. Not the Führer, but. Furrer, and I think that just a slight mispronunciation of the main, like the, the character's name, the main character's name, which you hear quite a lot. That if every time you hear that, it puts Hitler in your head, that is, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Um, I, I think that's a choice which, if I was uh, being, the, if I was the producer of this audiobook, I would have uh, asked her to say, look, instead of saying Führer, could you just say Führer or Führer or anything which doesn't sound like that? Because when you actually look at it on the page, like here on Goodreads, it does, you don't see that and you immediately think Hitler, but when you hear it, you do. Also, the it's a, a young adult novel with a, a female, like a, a teenage girl uh, main character, and they get uh, a woman to do the narration However, a lot of the other characters in this book are male, and all of them have 
um, all of them have uh, when as soon as a male starts talking, she puts on a male voice, which is when you go like this and something goes, and it's really difficult to feel that anybody is a serious character as soon as you hear them talking it suddenly has this like comedy male voice which hello i'm now talking in a lower voice because i am a man and you may think i'm like uh, exaggerating <laughs> with that impression i'm really not exaggerating with that impression it's literally and all of the characters because i think it's meant to be a pirate novel um or like a piratey kind of adventure all of the characters have like different regional accent, like working class accent, accents of the UK, but sort of like a lot of West Country, a bit, a bit of Scottish accents in there as well. Someone turns up and they're Welsh. And this could work, and sometimes it does work. If you get sort of like a Peter Kenny who does these audiobooks and suddenly a character will come on and have like a really interesting voice. But there's a big difference between making like every single other character sound like a stupid, like not a stupid, but like a not intelligent and dim-witted um, stereotype um, or having each of them have their own distinctive accent for character reasons and to be able to tell them apart but it's again it's really difficult because this, this doctor turns up and it's been foreshadowed that this doctor is like really bad news and isn't a really good guy and you know they're going to have to deal with this person later on maybe and then he turns up and it's just like this buffoon and then another character turns up and they're a buffoon and it's sort of like a whole cast of buffoons and, and these other characters within the text of the novel itself aren't really very intelligent anyway because of course not they you know to make the story work some people sometimes there has to be idiot plots sometimes you've got to have a character which isn't the most intelligent or isn't the most clever character to make the story work but it's really difficult to even think of anybody as a threat or think of anyone as an adult or think of anyone as a, as a, a normal human when the audio like with the narration choices with the character acting choices that Claire Corbett does which are just re it's just really bad and it really all the time it was taking me out of the audiobook taking me out of the book and I it, I really struggled to enjoy any time especially any male character talked um and most women characters as well just because the accents were just so broad and the and the t inflection of the voices to make them male or female or you know young or old like someone will turn up and it'll be like, hello, I'm, hello, I'm your great humor. And I'm like, that sounds like a comedian doing an impression of an old woman. And then this is meant to be like, a, this is a character I'm going to spend a lot of the time, a lot of this book with this, this woman. Oh, and it's just, it was, it was really painful to listen to in some cases. So, um, one thing that I had to do is kind of like separate out what I was hearing and then translating what I was hearing into actually what I think was being written in the book. And in that way, I could enjoy it a bit more. But uh, the unfiltered audiobook experience, it just going straight into my brain, I think is actually quite a bad one. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, what else do I have to say about this book? I don't know. Uh, what's normally a format? Yeah, I talked about the writing. Yeah, the writing is, um, let's say, sometimes it is a bit too like... Uh, 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 all on the surface, you know, sort of like there's there's very little, very little subtext, very little subtlety in this book, and that's I think one of the things which which I think that Alistair Reynolds thinks makes something a young adult book is that like everything just bubbles up to the surface, and that there isn't that subtlety of like okay, what does this character think, and what are they going to do? But because everything is written from the inside the brain of our viewpoint character, 
in this kind of like, I did this, I did that, I did this, um, and you know, I was feeling this and I was thinking this, there's not a lot of subtlety there. So like everything that's in this book is just right there on the surface. There is a bit like say, uh, hidden or sort of like some other layers to it, but I think most of that isn't in the characters. Those other layers are in the world building. You know, there's this kind of thing going on. Oh, isn't it interesting that just as these aliens turned up and started doing this stuff, it just so happens that this is happening there and that these people, and you're like, oh, right. And isn't it interesting that this is the way the world works and, and some of this revelation there, sort of like some of the political stuff and the economic stuff and the world building stuff, and that's the things that I felt had a little bit more depth, which is kind of what you would expect from Alistair Reynolds, but how he wrote the... Uh, you know, the 17-year-old girl's probably, you know, not the greatest strength. So, uh, yeah, overall, I'd give this book three stars. Um, again, when I finished reading it, I was like, oh, that was really good. What was so bad about that? And then I actually went back and thought about it. I was like, yeah, that didn't really make as much sense. And this was a bit weak in this area. But overall, not a bad book. Um, which, again, not a ringing endorsement, but for what I heard about it, sort of like the reviews that I read or saw sort of go past and what people said, like uh, listeners to this, the SFBIP were like, oh, yeah, actually, let me have a look. Let me see what they have here. Okay, Stevie Kincaid rated it one star. Um, after reading Revenger, the, uh, the answer is clearly... Oh, mm. Don't know, I had to read the blurb. Oh, right, yeah, it's about his... He he, get, uh, worth, he got $1 million from Golan's to write for a 10-book deal, and it's sort of like, oh, yes, cash money, that's what I want. Um, so, yeah, one star from Stevie Kincaid. Uh, oh, wow, that's a long review. I shouldn't have opened it up. Tudor. Uh, Tudor rated it five stars. Rick rated it three stars. Uh, Christian, three stars. Carl Wilcox, three stars. R rated it three stars. Uh, Pedro, five stars. Tells three stars. Oh, okay, so a lot of... Uh, a few five stars, a lot of three star books, and then a few one star books. Um, Alan Massey, uh, there are a lot of reviews for this book I already, so I'll not waste time rehashing just how bad it is or disappointing when I discovered that Alistair Reynolds has ev evidently given up writing real books. I'll just say that this is the first book I have ever returned to Audible for a refund. Uh, Zivin rated one star. Revenger is Reynolds' book I'd recommend to my 13 year old niece. No, you know what? I wouldn't inflict this on her. So, yeah. Uh, lots of like average ratings here from people, but overall a 3.81 rating and uh, and a 3.4 rating for friends. So yeah, again, I'd say like a three star book, three star book, pretty average book, uh, which is a lot lower than I would want from normally from Alistair Reynolds. I'm always expecting sort of like four to five star books by Alistair Reynolds, but again, as you go through, not all books can be good hits, and uh, not all of them can be the prefect or. <laughs> or Revelation Space. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, if you want some more Alice Reynolds, uh, apparently there's some uh, episodes, uh, some short stories of his have been uh, converted into um, episodes on a uh, Netflix show called Love, uh, Death and Robots. I've watched four or five episodes of that and have enjoyed it so far. And uh, I noticed as I was flicking through some of the titles um, that uh, Alistair Reynolds has two stories in there. The thing that came up was, um, I didn't know what it was, and it was like some anthology science fiction robot series, and it came up, and the and the title of the first episode came up, and it was called Connie's Edge, or, no, Sonny's, Sonny's Edge. And I was like, oh, I read this. This is a Peter F. Hamilton story about, um, <laughs> about fighting robots or fighting... Um, genetically engineered monsters and uh, and so well I didn't know any of the twists that's one of those things where you sort of go oh I never expected this short story to ever become a TV show but it works really well with science fiction anthologies and uh, that is very violent but very good so I've enjoyed those so far um, 
Anyway, so uh, check that out, I guess. That's a little recommendation. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge. You can become my friends on Goodreads. So I can also see what you do. You can re recommend books for me to read by uh, going over to uh, SFBRP. No, by going to the SFBRP listener group um, on goodreads.com. Uh, join up there and uh, chat to other listeners. Uh, not so much chat recently going on there, but uh, if you, there's some good threads called episode feedback. If you've got some feedback for the episodes you want to share with me and other people, or books I would like to see reviewed. If you want me to read a review, uh, read a book and review it, that's the best way to get me to read it. Because if you say, hey, Luke should read this, and other people said, I also think Luke should read this, um, I will almost guaranteed to actually get to it, get it get to it at some point the next book i'm going to be reviewing is the not the caledonian gambit what's the book that i have here oh i can't see it now um anyway it's, it's a follow book to the uh, caledonia gambit i've got it here in ibooks what is it called um the bayon agenda uh by Dan Moran. Also, I uh, downloaded a book which I mentioned of, uh, maybe last episode, a few episodes. Anyway, it came up recently, which is called The Many Colored Many Colored Land, which is the uh, Pliocene Exiles book. I read it before. I read that series before, but I thought I'd check out the first book in that series because I remember really enjoying that first book by uh, by Julian May. So uh, I'm listening to that. Started listening to that as well. The Many Colored Land by Julian May, which I'll get to uh, at some point too. All right, that's it for me. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and I'll catch you next time. <laughs>